0: Okay, so welcome, welcome everyone to the Auto Recyclers Experience podcast. Um, my name's Chris Douglas. Uh, I'll i be um, chairing this, this meeting, if you like, or this session, uh, along with Chad Councilman from Auto Recalls. Got a couple of great special guests on today. Adam Murray in the top left there from Aviva Insurance. Absolutely. And uh, also we have uh, Laura Richards from eBay in the bottom right. Welcome, guys. Good afternoon, good morning. Excellent. So, uh, let's jump straight into this. Uh, we're we're uh, looking at talking about a number of different things, but uh, one, of the, one of the beautiful things about where we're at today and in, in really tough times, I suppose, is that we've got two different stakeholders uh, in the UK that we're working very closely with. And, and I've personally been working with Laura and eBay in the UK since February last year. I met Adam at a very similar time through this relationship um, uh, back in the UK in London for a couple of sessions we held there in February last year. And things have been progressing really nicely with um, the, the uh, strategy around the increased usage of reclaimed parts, uh, green parts in in the UK. So, um I think what I'd like to do is is really get straight into some of those questions. Uh, Firstly, welcome uh, all the attendees. We've got people logging in now. We're also streaming live on Facebook. Uh, Whoever wants to be on Facebook uh, will be taking some of those questions as well. So if you see me looking at my phone, I'm not being rude. I'm just checking my Facebook feed to see what questions we may need to attend to. Um, But uh, if I can uh, sort of open up to To Laura first, possibly. Laura, if if it's okay with you, um, ladies first. Um, You've been really uh, driving Reclaim Parts and uh, eBay's looking at uh, launching its own B2B platform, Um, been working closely with you on that front, uh, building that strategy over the past 15 or so months. Tell us a little bit about what your goals are and and how you're looking at at driving forward and where you're at currently in, uh, in the current state of play, if you like.
1: Sure, thanks Chris. Um, so, reclaimed parts on eBay. Uh, eventually, just to give a bit of context, we started to manage the inventory type around three years ago where it was more almost experimental to see, you know, whether or not a bit of support in this industry uh, could drive conversion, increase sales and actually in- improve and increase the consumer awareness of the, the reclaimed vehicle parts. Um over the past three years it's worked incredibly well. The inventory type is uh, very unique. it's highly in demand and it's it's offering what we call the value of spectrum. So on the eBay platform we have OEM new uh, aftermarket, white label, unbranded, and then reclaimed parts. it's quite a it's quite a big chunk of our what we call turnover within our vehicle parts and accessories category, um and it has been one of the healthiest in terms of uh, growth in the uk market over the last years. Uh, Interestingly it's a it's a product type that does fill a gap so if we're looking you know the world is moving forward with um, green carbon savings very very much focus on um, reuse rather than remanufacturing there is a good amount of product when it comes to the reclaimed industry that actually fulfills a gap uh, The reuse rather than remanufacturing. So, after we, so we've been speaking with a lot of stakeholders, so we work closely with uh, a lot of third-party listing providers, so the likes of Hollanders, the likes of the used to be the DH systems and uh, Breaker Pro. Uh, we have a really good relationship with a lot of our large sellers on the platform where we talk to them directly. We have a team that supports them uh, within the Dublin functionality as well. And over time, over time, just speaking with the businesses, we said to them, OK, so what's next for you guys? What is it that you really, really want? And one of the things that came out, uh, came out of the feedback from the businesses that trade on the platform is, hey, we think we've got a we've got a business opportunity here, but people just don't know how good we are with what we actually do with our businesses. And we, we thought to ourselves, OK, let's let's take away and have a look at what that potential business opportunity is. We did we did a bit of research. So. We know it'll be possibly similar on the other eBay platforms, but we know, for example, within the reclaimed parts uh, inventory type, we're actually getting a high frequency of business buyers already buying directly on the platform. So they're buying a minimum of five parts at a time, a minimum of five times a week. So we are getting actually a high frequency of what we determine as business buyers. However, when we we commissioned a bit of research, at the beginning of summer last year where we actually went out and panelled uh independent garages um collision repairers effectively just said to them, like what what is your view on reclaimed parts what's going on in your industry what are the barriers and do you want to purchase and interestingly uh, a few of them did say yes we are they were honest and said we are actually purchasing reclaimed parts we use different avenues to get them but we are using them where we can't get the Genuine part directly from the manufacturer, uh, for example. Uh, but there were quite a few limitations. So, for example, one of the limitations was: okay, how do we know that we're buying uh, from the most reputable uh, recyclers? How do we know that it's, it's a legitimate stuff? Secondly, how do we know that the part is a warranty? Right. So, we're a business. We're offering a, a service to our businesses, to our buyers. How do we actually know that the part is warranted? And where do we go to find the part as well? So an aggregated supply. A lot of the, a lot of the repairers or the garage networks don't have the time to have uh, multiple relationships with multiple multiple suppliers. They're looking at a form of aggregating the supply. Yeah. So yeah, interestingly, that research came out exactly as we thought, um, which then, then opened up, okay, so how do we achieve our next steps? Uh, which is A, we need the certification, so the independent certification of the recyclers, which obviously Adam will will move on to, but that's super, super important uh, for them to be able to feel comfortable buying the products. And then the technology, right? So how do we get the parts that we want super, super fast um, from the trusted source of supply and also within our standard business terms? So, for example, if you're a business in a garage, you're not going to be buying items ad hoc. You need a line of credit so you can obviously manage your cash flow. This is where eBay stepped in. We're sponsoring the certification scheme that VRA are running, um, which is really, really in-depth and an absolutely fantastic scheme. And then secondly, we are very, very close to having a business-to-business portal available for garages and collision repairers uh, to be able to shop um, with ease and knowing that they're buying from certified recyclers and they get their kind of credit and they get a very, very standard way of buying parts so we're in a good position we're in a good position we're moving forward very nicely there so that's where we're at at the moment
0: excellent sorry i just had to thanks uh, thanks for that um uh that summary sorry chad were you going to say something there
2: I was going to say something that just stood out to me just then. I knew she was going to say it, but I wanted to her to expound on that a little bit. You, you said a line of credit, so you're you're it, you're providing lending services basically to the uh, repairers uh, because you're fronting the money to the providers of the parts, the the automotive uh, dismantlers and recyclers. Is that what you're saying? That'd be correct. Yes. So
1: within the platform, we have um we have we partner with a provider that is linked with Santander, which is a bank, and Santander for this particular scheme are offering uh, our eBay buyers 0% credit on their purchases.
0: So one of the things Chad, that was critical that we spoke about with eBay was, you know, we don't want to put the collision repair in any worse off position than they are today. In fact, we want to improve that position. So what are the objections a collision repair will have? Um, to participating in in this environment. And one of the objections would have been, uh, well, I currently get 30 days, 60 days, whatever it is I currently get with my suppliers. Um, But on eBay, I need to pay straight away. So we needed to mitigate that challenge or that risk, if you like, and and be in a position where the repair is at least uh, in the same position as they were before while delivering other benefits through the platform. So that's the whole idea.
1: and I think just to add the also the nice part of it as well is for the businesses that are actually selling the products, the recyclers, is they don't have to change anything. They can, they carry on as they are. They get their cash up front, and the buyers get the, their items on credit. So, I think it's a it's a win win situation. It's
2: probably better for the recycler because you're paying the recycler for the part at the time of the transaction instead of the recycler having to carry the note for thirty or sixty days.
1: Yeah, correct.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Okay. Mr. Murray, um, can we head over to insurance land for a quick second? Um, Aviva Insurance is, uh, I believe, the largest general insurer in the UK. Um, You've been very proactive from a uh, reclaimed slash green parts or um, recycled original equipment parts, as we're starting to call them. Whatever we want to call them, you've been quite proactive and supported the, the strategy. Uh, when we were looking at the uh, certification program, you participated in those um, uh, workshops that we had it last February and were very vocal and actually uh, engaged strongly in those. What is it about uh, your position from an Aviva perspective that, that is inviting to you about reclaimed parts and, and what you want to do in um, <clears> your <throat> perspective on reclaim parts?
3: So Aviva, as a large insurer, it deals with a massive number of claims for action damaged cars per year, that's the first criteria setter huh? and we're in excess of 100,000 repairs in a year. Uh, to look at repairs we break it down to make sure we're treating customers fairly and one of the issues we keep coming across is that parts cause delay in repair and they actually hold up the whole process. Vehicles are often. Uh, in repair and a simple component can actually hold that repair up for days, weeks, sometimes months, and actually there's no logic to actually overcome it. Uh, I started about three to five years ago looking at reclaimed parts as a potential solution and as a regulated business it's not as simple as just unplugging one system and plugging another system in. We've got regulations that we've got to comply with we also have the company ethos of treating customers fairly. And uh, to use, use reclaimed parts, there has to be a certain amount of credibility and confirmation that the part is fit for purpose in the first place. And also will deliver a, a, an indemnity outcome that actually matches the original part that you bought it off a vehicle manufacturer. So they're simple criteria that we've got to uphold to make sure that we meet the criteria. Essentially, that drove the development of a standard that was pre-written before VRA, uh, where a group of uh, recyclers, some body shop, uh, background people, myself and a publicist got in a room, sat down and actually penned uh, what we call a draft standard. We had it in front of BSI, British Standards Institute. They liked what they saw and we were then aware of. Somebody like Aviva published that standard that could work detrimentally for the standard. The other insurers might think, so I'm not actually getting involved in that. So we gave the standard in draft to uh, VRA to allow them to progress the work. And it's only right and fitting that the Vehicle Recycling Organization in the UK work alongside its members to develop that standard to make it robust enough for the members to support. On top of that, the the Aviva strategy for reclaimed parts is, the aim is to develop a robust alternative parts supply that consistently delivers consumer satisfaction, including safe and compliant repairs. In other words, what we're trying to do is, a Euro NCAP5 car has to be returned to Euro NCAP5 status following repairs, no matter what parts you use. And that's one of the primary objectives to ensure common standards are adopted that promote consistent quality parts for repair. There's no point buying reclaimed parts if they don't come in a standard that's fit to use them. It's got to be graded to a certain quality, it's got to be assured by the person that's selling it that matches the quality requirements in order that we can provide a customer service. Then we've got to create a transparent process that provides clear transactional usage of reclaimed parts linking the part to the donor vehicle and the repaired vehicle for audit purposes. If something was to go wrong in the future we need to be able to trace back to where it came from right down to the identification of the vehicle to allow us to actually satisfy any challenges that come across our desk and and if you're using large numbers of parts. You've got a lot of these challenges. You've got to have a very transparent mechanism to allow you to trace it back, yeah? The test then is to change the perception and the acceptance of the customer. In the UK, for years, most customers would not allow reclaimed parts to be used on their vehicles because they were indoctrinated into a repair process by insurers where we primarily used new parts, always we didn't really use reclaimed parts. Uh, So you've got a, a customer base that you've got to actually make sure that you can deliver the exact same standard of repair without actually deteriorating the contract terms that you've actually signed up to with them. So when you deliver the vehicle back to them, it has to be proper indemnity. There's a lot of factors that actually we can influence the customer thinking, including if somebody applied a betterment status to the parts, if they used original parts, I'm pretty sure that would be seen as a detrimental step by the FCA. They would think you're coercing the customer into using them. So we've got to be absolutely transparent in our description, in our application, and actually with consent where possible. So there's a lot going on here that actually people Uh, might not understand that actually we want to put in place a robust form platform and system that works for the rest of time. It's not one day, one minute, one week. This is forever. This is to actually give us alternatives to the current uh, usage of original equipment from the manufacturers.
0: Excellent. I think, uh, you know, listening listening to you there, Adam, trying to walk a mile in the shoes of recyclers that are listening in on, on this call. Yeah. And, you know, we've, we've, uh, we've been talking about some of these things uh, in different jurisdictions for a long time. And uh, it's often difficult to get uh, an insurer on to buy into the strategy and to be openly transparent about, you know, what the opportunities, but also what some of the challenges are. And I think as a recycling, yeah. industry, we need to one, be enthused by the fact that you know, we've got this now, um, but secondly we also need to be conscious that we need to do things differently as well as an industry in order to make sure that we can satisfy the requirements and in mean, my view the very reasonable requirements that uh, in this case an insurer is, is saying we need to meet so i think that's great a um, couple of questions quickly before we move on a uh, couple of questions uh, scott robertson um from robertson's auto salvage uh, over in the us and the ara president What selling fees does eBay charge recyclers in the UK and do the fees increase if the buyer buys on credit? Laura, are you allowed to talk to that or is that more a one-to-one thing?
1: I'm I'm happy to talk about that. Good question. Um, So the fees will change based on the platform, based on what country you're in. So I can't talk for what the standard fees are in the US. Uh, But in the UK, the standard uh, take rate, so fee, is seven uh, percent, and uh, is going to be no increase in fees if the buyer buys on credit.
0: Excellent. Got one here from Jason Cross at Synetic, uh, just on the piece around the zero percent um, for buyers backed by Santander. Santander, um, in terms of the sellers getting their money on day one, is there a cost for that to be levied by the lender? That is such a factoring type of deal. So, will Santander or whatever uh, charge a percentage on, uh, on, the, on, the, on the money?
1: No, no percentage being charged to the sellers that they need to worry about, no percentage being charged to the buyers that needs to be worried about.
0: Okay, that sounds like a decent deal. <laughs> um, Jason, hopefully that answers your question, and Scott, hopefully that answers yours. If others have questions, please uh, continue sending those through. Um, Perfect. I have, a question.
2: Jason. I have a question for Adam. I have a question for Adam. He he alluded to something a few minutes ago about part traceability. That's always been a topic that's been a little bit of a challenge for the automotive recycling industry to fully engage with. Uh, can you expand on what you as an insurer
3: uh, think that you need uh, for part traceability? Yeah. So For part traceability, I need the VIN number of the vehicle where the part originated. I need to know the make, model and uh, in some cases mileage, I guess. Uh, There'll be some criteria around about the details from the vehicle that allows me to cross-match that vehicle against the part type to make sure it's compatible.
2: Okay so you will be double checking interchangeability yeah. of the component?
3: Uh, not, not me personally but the person h- having obtained the part has to actually cross-check that that part is suitable for purpose and if he doesn't do that then if a liability occurs later he accepts that liability. Okay
2: good answer and very reasonable.
0: Okay Excellent. Um, I just want to pick up also on um, Adam, your, your comment about you know, in support of an alternative supply chain, if you like, or substitution of OE, OE genuine parts and using those um, genuine alternative parts in the repair process. Um, and I've, I've said a bit and spoken a bit and written a bit on this piece here. And often it's, it's looked at by the OEs as a negative, um, but the numbers that I've looked at for different insurance companies and some of the stuff that I've done with yourselves over at Aviva certainly identify to me that there's a significant opportunity to one lower the average repair cost um of um, for an insurer. And as a result, there are a number of vehicles that fit into that uh let's call it um that very close borderline type deal as to whether they're a total loss or they're repairable, okay? Um, and the numbers I've seen, and I'm looking for, for your view on this, Adam, um, the numbers I've seen are that we could probably affect a change there from total lossing between 18 and 20% of total claims to bringing that back to closer to 15 or 13%. You know, take five percentage points or, in fact, 25% reduction in total losses what does that mean that means there's more cars out there being repaired that means there's more parts being used that means there's less money being paid out on claims that means that yes automotive recyclers have enabled this to happen if they build their supply capability right um, and build their databases and etc cetera, etc cetera. but very importantly the OEs will be selling more parts as well because more part cars are being repaired do you, can you correlate any of that? Is there anything that, in in your view, from an insurer perspective, you you agree or disagree with that? What's your view?
3: So, looking at the numbers, uh, <clears throat> the, the programme could uh, assist us to repair more vehicles. There is no question about that. But that largely depends on the supplier, yeah, the recycler, having the right components to allow us to repair more vehicles. Now, from my experience, there's still opportunity to grow the scheme, it's infinite, it's quite a new scheme, and I would like to see it in a year's time to answer that question more fully. What is the art of the possible? In theory, the thinking is that you can repair more cars. In theory, the economic climate today, with the COVID-19 and Brexit coming at the same time, you've got a great opportunity to actually repair much more cars. 59% of vehicle registrations, new vehicle registrations were wiped off the map last, last month and if it continues like that, manufacturing cars and building new cars uh, will actually reduce, therefore more opportunity to use parts, repairing the cars that are currently on the road will exist. Actually specific numbers, virtually impossible to actually say but with certainty, much more cars will be repaired uh, if we adopted reclaimed parts. Not because they're cheaper, it's just because we've got more parts accessibility. It's not about uh, delivering a cost-effective, uh, more cost-effective uh, scheme. It's actually giving us more opportunity to repair cars because the parts exist. That's yeah. where the biggest problem exists today. The original components If the car's five years and older, you're actually struggling to come up with the components to repair the car. Therefore, in the older five- to eight-year bracket, you will be repairing more cars. That's not to say we won't repair new cars with that we reclaimed parts. There's nothing wrong with repairing new cars because it's original equipment, just reclaimed.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think one of the things there also, Adam, is certainly um, if people aren't buying new cars, and I think all the automotive recyclers that are on this call that have been around for a little bit, and I'm looking at some of the names and a few of them have been around for a little bit. They've been through different economic climates where there's been uh, either recessions or um, certainly economic downturns. Um, And when we see a a reduction in new car sales, um, automotive recyclers usually see an uptake in their product because people have got older cars and they need to repair the older cars, right? Um, From an insurance perspective, I've personally seen uh, collision repairs uh, back in the you know, 2008 sort of uh, period, 2008-10, um, uh, huge increases in demands um, for recycled parts during that period. Why? Well, because ultimately, if there's an older vehicle in the car park, the uh, pre-accident value of that vehicle is lower. Um, the threshold at which that vehicle will be total lost or repaired is lowered. Um, And the reality is it is harder to get new parts and they usually get more expensive because of holding costs at the OEs. Um, So, you know, uh, certainly um, there's an opportunity for recyclers to be selling more
3: parts there. Chris, there's a bigger opportunity in uh, the vehicle fleet market than what there is in the private market. So when you look at uh, the UK system for insuring motor fleets, it's based on the cost of, the burning cost if you like, cost of claims against the amount of vehicles on the fleet, they're all factors. If you start to educate the fleet buyers, uh, the white van buyers particularly, that uh, they can save money, serious money on their insurance costs, they will welcome this scheme as an enabler to reduce overhead costs. That's the market I believe is the most satisfactory market for all players. the the insurer, the consumer and also the recycler because working uh, along the lines of the recycler actually having the right components, they can put the car back on the road far quicker than actually ordering new components. They can actually deliver the part within a few hours. Actually, repairs could be underway over weekends or anything and it'll actually become an enabler which we currently don't have in the same framework today
0: yeah absolutely. Laura, can I before I go to some questions, you're from an eBay perspective and building a b2 b platform, um, how do you see potentially eBay playing a role in in not only the insurance piece but you know in that area from a perspective of you know fleet buy's potentially?
1: i think I think eBay will play a quite a strong role in raising awareness. Raising, raising awareness of the certification raising awareness of the solution um and just raising awareness generally of you know what's important and what's available um we do have a strong business development function that's able to go out and have these relationships directly with the with the larger companies which we've been doing at the moment but ultimately we, we're going to we're going to heavily heavily invest in a overarching marketing strategy for remainder of 2020 and going forward where we need to get in front of the right publications get in front of the right people um, and just make them aware that this is this is happening that's um that's where we are we did we done we did do a quite nice bit of press release uh, towards the end of October last year um, where we put out a a press statement on eBay's ambition which was picked up uh, by Daily Mail, This Is Money, Tame Bay and a few other motoring publications since then, there's been quite a lot of talk uh, in the industry around what's happening. So yeah, so going forward, we're marketing. We'll be marketing to collision repairers. We'll be marketing to garages, so independent garages and garage networks. So that's quite a large opportunity as well here. Um, so yeah, so really, really strong on the PR, the PR angle.
0: Excellent. Okay. A <laughs> um, question. Um, got one again from Scott. Um, Probably for you, Adam. What is the percentage of recycled parts written on insurance repair estimates in the UK? And as a second part to that question, what is the percentage of recycled parts that is actually utilised in the repair of
3: insurance? So, in terms of Viva, the, the estimates, uh, the percentage of parts written is zero because today we don't actually sanction use of reclaimed parts. Uh, that's one of the attractions for us, that we would use in the UK, A Aviva would use reclaimed parts where parts weren't available, so it's a very small percentage of components that we would buy on an annual basis. The attraction here is that we would then remove the reliance on original equipment supplied by vehicle manufacturers, and have the opportunity to source reclaimed parts original equipment, which would give us much bigger take-up, you used some numbers earlier in the presentation that I would love to uh, reach, but, but at this stage, we, we would probably say it's a, a 0% uptake. What, what could be achieved is the numbers that you said at the beginning. With, with our portfolio, we've got a number of vehicles that could repair easily using reclaimed parks, successfully returning the vehicle to the customer, which would keep the customer insured with Aviva, and actually delight a lot of customers we get a lot of dissatisfaction because parts cannot be obtained
0: yeah absolutely and cycle time blows out which makes it uh, more costly yeah yeah okay um chad as the ex-ara president ex-owner of a yard in the u.s um, you're listening to i think what what i'm hearing here is is a scenario that i've been explaining to you for some time as far as the work that i've been doing in the uk with with laura and and the likes of adam at aviva and that it really looks positive from an industry perspective when you've got two i'll call it giants uh, such as these two organizations driving forward with a reclaim path strategy uh, absolutely what what then, stands out to me though that I'm, I'm hearing both of them say is
2: certification uh, I've heard Adam and, and Laura both mention uh, something to the effect of certification of the recycler and being sure that they can trust the partner, the business partner that they have. And, and that is something that our industry in the US, uh, here in Australia, and I'm going to assume in the UK, uh, has not engaged fully the way that, that our industry, the automotive dismantling and recycling industry needs to engage certification. And so I know we've got several listeners on that are that are yard owners, and it, it's time. It, it is time to engage certification. It's time for for your association to push forward with certification. If you're not a part of it, you need to be in the middle of it. And so uh, that's. Uh, am I correct, Adam and and Laura, what I'm what I'm saying there
3: about certification? Chad, the reason an insurer needs certification is that we've got to be able to quantify and confirm the status of the suppliers that we do business with. We've got no option under our regulated status but to use a process that's very robust for a supplier to engage with the weaver. Therefore if they weren't certified it would be a lot more difficult for us to sign up any relationship. Right.
0: One of the things Chad that I've been obviously I've been a strong advocate for um, independent certification for some time. Um, And probably one of the reasons why, you know, Laura reached out and we've been doing some work together uh, in that area from a certification perspective. But uh, I've really been pushing that for a long time because having worked with insurers, closely with insurers on alternative path strategies, but also within an insurance company um, over the years, um, it's clear to me, um, you know, taking my, cynics hat off for a minute um, that insurers need um, a viable alternative uh, to to their current supply chain and I think it's become crystal clear now with the COVID-19 scenario where um, whether some people want to admit it or not the supply chain is being challenged now because there's you know there's shortages coming through and to a degree lucky lucky that uh you know, accident rates have come off by between 50 and 80%. Um, Otherwise, you know, they'd be feeling the pinch as far as availability of product. Um, So, but insurers need an independent arm's length uh, certification program that they can point to and say, I'm comfortable to recommend the use of those parts from those suppliers because they meet these independent standards that are, Annually audited and dealt with every year. You know we're one of the only industries globally um, that you know. And if we really want to be taken seriously, let's cut to the chase. We're one of the only industries at, at a global level that doesn't do that, right? and we need to. We need to get serious about it. And I think the key here is independent certification. And I think the UK is taking a lead on it. Um, I'll give a bit of an update in a second on what Chaz from the VRA has provided us with regard to the certification. They've done a super job over the past three or four months with, um, with Jane over there, driving it forward. Um, so I think there's, there's a really, really big opportunity here. But we need to embrace it. We can't keep on pushing it back. We need to look at certification. We need to embrace it. We need to look at what it means. And, you know, it's, it's more than just, am I going to sell more parts tomorrow? You know, that's a tactical thing that we can do, but we need to think more strategically as, as businesses independently but also as an industry. Um, And that's where the the ARAs and and the different associations have a role to play. A Couple of questions come through here. Um, Tom from I Need Spares. Uh, Hi Tom, thanks for being on the call. Um, Hi everyone, would the new eBay platform give price guidance so that there is a level playing field? Laura, I'm not sure that that's something we can. Uh, I don't,
3: I don't, I don't think you can do that, Chris. In the UK, you can't, you can't do that. Yeah. So, Tom, I think
0: the answer, there is no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I may need to understand a little bit more about what price guidance means. But I think if if I'm reading the question correctly, I, I think the answer is going to be no. Scott's got another question there. What is needed more, yards to be certified or interchange? Interchange written for UK vehicles. So, uh, for for the purpose of uh, for Adam and Laura's sake here, interchange basically is the part numbering system that um, we use in the automotive recycling industry that enables us to clearly identify the correct part for that vehicle or for the application. And often that is cross-platform and cross-make. So it could be the I don't know uh, the Vauxhall and the something else has this runs the same engine or gearbox or, or hood or bonnet. Right. Um, so, uh, Scott, my view, they're, they're two different things, obviously. Um, obviously interchange for the UK vehicles has been written, um, obviously from an interchange perspective. I know, I think Dave Morgan's on this call. He's written a lot of the interchange for the UK, um, at a Hollander end or actual systems previous to Hollander so certainly interchange has been written for the UK uh, it is an extensive database um, but it's always developing as as you know even in the US it still develops and it's imperfect um, so interchange needs to continue developing and certainly I think part numbers need to need to be somehow interfaced with the Uh, recycler interchange database because a lot of the uh, online systems uh, do need part numbers, they're communicating part numbers. So we need that mapping to happen. Um, And certainly, uh, so that's the first thing. But on on another front, certification is critical. I can't keep on saying it. I think I've said it enough. I had a discussion with someone that will remain nameless um, late last week on the phone. And, you know, I, I made it clear that there's not much more I can say about certification, other than the fact that it's critical, um, and uh, I think we need to we need to realise that that's the case. Um, we see it every day, guys. It's it's in front of us every day. We see certified Toyota used cars, certified Ford used cars, certified delivery vans for cold meats, certified this, certified that, everything certified. Um, we need to think about certification and what that means to the industry and how we can professionalise so that we can uh, embrace, you know, the opportunities that are being put forward by the likes of Aviva here and other insurers, but also eBay uh, and what they're looking to achieve.
1: And am I right in saying that even with the within the aftermarket supply, uh, within the collision repairs, the products they sell are certified aftermarket?
0: So I think one of the things there, Laura, and, and, and I think, you know, I've mentioned it before in, in discussions and in um, presentations that I've made, and that is that if we look at where recycled parts are today, um, in, and I'll, I'll use the US example, if we look at recycled parts today, uh, they're between 10 and 12%. Let's call it 11% of uh, an estimate is in recycled parts today. That's down from about 14%, probably four, five or six years ago. Okay. We look at uh, OE parts and they're down. A number of percentage points right from whatever it was 67 68 percent down to you know the low 60s or 60 60%. percent what has changed is that the aftermarket part has grown in uh, penetration from 13 ish percent seven or eight years ago now to well above 20 closer to 22 percent of parts used in a u.s. collision repair estimate are now aftermarket and the certification piece has driven that significantly. So I think that's something we should take note of as an industry and, and, and again, look at that and say, well, how can we participate in that game and become a lot more, um, uh, a lot more of a viable option, if you like? Um, got a question here from Jason Cross. Brexit was a factor to be worried about part supply. COVID-19 is now a physical blocker on the supply of parts into the UK. When this has passed, and it will pass... What will then be the driver to ensure those that are looking continue? How easy will it be to use the eBay page for multiple parts lines? Hi all. Hi Jason. <laughs> so basically, I think what what Jason's saying there. Yes, there are things that are, uh, are affecting supply lines at the minute. Um, they COVID nineteen, you know, Brexit, all that type of stuff. We'll get over that in time. Um, hopefully healthily and uh, we'll be in a position where things may come back to normal. And if that's the case, you know, how viable is this to continue on? And one of the things I think is alluding to there is the fact that, you know, it's critical that a collision repairer is able to on the one page on their eBay request, for example, to be able to pick multiple parts rather than do one at a time. Laura, I think possibly for you.
1: Yes, yeah. so that's what we call basket shopping versus individual item shopping. Um, we we have a way of interfacing the uh, estimate information that um, the collision repairers will use. So we'll effectively read their estimates um, map to algorithmically match using best match to part numbers, which will then offer up a list of items that can be replaced by reclaimed uh, products that are available. So then the buyer who is a collision repairer is able to deselect or select all of those items if they're happy. So one of the big things obviously about business buying versus individual consumer shopping is I need to buy multiple items all the time. I don't want to be individually picking each part. So we recommend the parts and we offer a shopping list for all of the parts based on those estimates.
2: Okay, you, you just mentioned something and I wanted to get some clarification. I'm sure that Auditex is probably the primary provider for the estimate writing platforms in the UK. Are you integrating with Auditex product? Is, is that what you're saying?
1: So we're looking, uh, Chad, we're looking at our opportunities at the moment. So that may well be one that we move down. There's also GC Motive in the UK um, who haven't got as big a market share as Auditex, but there's GC Motive as well. Also, but bear in mind, I just want to add that that's very specific to the collision repair industry. Garages don't work like that. So, garages do search for parts in a different way, so there'll be, multi, there'll be multi-functionality on the platform.
0: Excellent.
1: Adam,
2: um, did you want to touch on that, You you, you had an opinion Looked like?
0: What was that, sorry, Chet?
2: Adam, did, did you want to touch on that, that aspect of integrating with a estimate so, running so. like?
3: So you don't need to name any names. The basic principle is that an estimatic system captures a basket of parts and it uses a device called Trader to actually send that information to a designated source. What Laura described was the capture mechanism that can actually utilise that information and infinitely uh, interact with it to find the right parts. So that, that's, the, that's the way parts are supplied in the UK commonly. Okay.
0: Yeah. Um, we've got more questions coming through, so it's great Keep them coming, guys. Um, is eBay and the insurance companies looking for certified processes or certified parts? Can I?
3: So, yeah, I can, I can start that off by mm-hmm. saying that there was no point writing a standard if you're not gonna have a certification process. That's the whole point of having a standard. The standard then requires the park to have certain requirements. That's, that's the, it's a double-edged sword, that question. The standard drives the behavior of the parks, selection, criteria, matching, etc., cetera, et cetera.
0: Yeah, so I think, um, Scott, on that one there, It's so initially it will be a standard that governs, if you like, Um, the recycling facility. Okay, so the facility will meet a certain level of criteria and part of that criteria will be a grading system. Um, The actual part that you take off that specific vehicle today isn't, it's not necessarily the part that is being certified. It is the process by which that that, uh, facility goes through Mm. to ensure there is a consistent level of quality service, etc. Okay? So I think that's, that's an important point, but it's a really good question. My view is that over the next few years, and probably sooner than later, to be honest, we will look at, as an, as an automotive recycling industry, um, developing standards speci- specific to part types. Right? So let me give you an example. Um, door mirrors these days have a whole heap of sensors in them um, that could be regarded as safety components because they're lane changing and collision avoidance and all these different things that are sitting in in door mirrors. As a result of that, um, an insurer may look at that and say, well, if we use a recycled door mirror, how do I know it's going to do what it's supposed to do? So maybe there are certain things we need to do there as an industry, I don't have the answer as to exactly what those things are. But what tests can we take the door mirrors through and how can we give comfort to the insurer who's going to write these products on or authorize these products to be used on the um, uh, on the repair, how can they be comfortable that the, the product is fit for purpose? Okay, so I think- Chris,
3: I can, uh, Chris, I can come in on the door mirror. Well, part of the door mirror is a recalibration process that actually certifies that the part is actually operating correct. Therefore, by using the door mirror as an example is a good one to actually illustrate that the process that the repairers go through would actually come up with a green uh, tick in the box. That, that mirror matches the requirements and has been calibrated effectively. So some of the stigmas around about these parts, I, I totally agree with your view that we need to get to a point where we define cosmetic, functionality, and safety-critical components in the different groups to allow us to actually effectively build a set of guidelines up as to what happens to these components.
0: Yeah, I think, I think, and you know, Adam, just on that point, these calibration tools, would they be available to to our industry as well, or to the automotive recycling industry to use at the point?
3: Yeah, of yeah they would be. But it, I'm not sure that it would be useful to your uh, process. I think it's, uh, they're designed to actually operate when the vehicle has been repaired and it's a final check if you like, but it's electronic and it reads ECU and the uh, CAN bus systems within the vehicle to measure compliance. Sure. It's quite, I- as, uh, it's more aligned to the repair process. But what, what it would allow us to do is, if a product that was supplied didn't match that requirement, it could be returned.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, So not every part from a certified facility will be insurance quality. Uh, That's correct. Not every part will be. Um, And uh, I suppose there's horses for courses there, Scott. I think um, we're not saying that a certified recycler cannot sell a part to um, non-insurance repairs or non-insurance customers, um, you know, because a part Um, as long as it's safe, right? As long as it's not a recalled part, for example, or it's not a a product that you know uh, could cause uh, an accident. It might be a a fender, for example, or a wing in the UK world or a guard in Australia. Um, It could be one of those items that has some, you know, a couple of dints in it, for example. Now, the insurance company may not use it, but certainly may be fit for for the use uh, by someone privately at home. Um, so, certainly, we, we don't want to restrict the, um, uh, the recyclers from selling their product, but we do want to make sure that we give comfort to the likes of eBay and, and the insurance companies to actually support the program. Um, let's keep on working through some of these questions because there's some really good questions coming through. Um, Parts visible on eBay in B2B for the avoidance of doubt. No accurate part number for each part on the platforms equals part not visible to buyers. Um, so, Laura, uh, does the platform require a an exact match with a part number or is there some other method that uh, we're looking at using there?
1: currently we rely on um exact matches for manufacturer part numbers we have got some what we call fuzzy logic where it's it's unusual so many people use different uh prefixes of part numbers some people put dashes some people don't some people put spaces some people don't um so it is currently based on manufacturer part number matching but we do have a a team uh behind the scenes who review um every every sort or every list of products offered before they actually got up to the collision repairer as an option. So it's ALGO and it's manual.
0: Excellent. Thank you. Uh,
3: Chris, I'll just just come in at that point. One of the reasons for asking for the vehicle details is that you can commonly match part numbers back to uh, VIN range. So it's useful to capture certain criteria to allow you to match. There is no uh, stipulated part number on the part.
0: Yep. Gotcha. Thank you. I have a question for
2: Laura. Laura, is there a separate field in the eBay UK platform for the manufacturer's part number?
1: Yes. So we have we have manufacturer part number, um, and then we have reference OE part numbers. So quite help, quite often what I'm finding is with um, certain businesses, if you have a door or if you have a front bumper, um, they'll use all of the manufacturer part numbers within the uh, assembly component and place those within reference OE part number. And then they'll use the part number for the uh, bumper shell, for example, as the main manufacturer part number. Okay. Which is good, which is good.
0: Simon uh, Simon Baston-Mitchell, how does a recycler get their already eBay listed parts, which could be tens of thousands, that qualify under the certification into the eBay repairer program? Do they have to be removed and re-uploaded or can it be done in bulk?
1: No, so once, once we've got the go-ahead from the certification body uh, that the recycler has been approved, um, we Effectively, flicks and switches in the background. We've we've removed certain categories, so the recyclers that are certified um, will have the the categories that aren't safety critical items. The inventory will be automatically uh, pulled into the B two B portal.
0: Excellent. So really, it's not necessarily there, Simon. The uh, certified parts that will be going in, but if that facility is that organisation, that eBay seller is a certified recycler, then certain of those parts, because obviously um, in the case of, for example, Aviva, they may have components that they do not want to buy, Um, suspension components or other safety components that they don't want uh, available to their repairers, um, they may not be uh, available on, you know, or visible to Aviva repairs, okay? So there'll be some smarts in the background that will enable or disable some part types, but the rest of them should be able to come in if they meet the grading standard and whatever other standards are required. Um,
1: Just to add on, Chris, just to add on, I think as a a nice thing for the recyclers to know is that once they pass the certification scheme, they also get a uh, identification badging on ebay.co.uk. So they will be what we call a certified seller. So they'll get additional recognition and they'll also get the opportunity to be able to filter by certified sellers. So it's a, it's a really nice plus point for the B2C as well.
0: Beautiful, excellent. Um, does the panel believe, so this is William first. does the panel believe the certification scheme in the UK will be accepted by other insurers and sales, and sales platforms, or will we see a number of schemes being developed?
3: Opposition really, but yeah, I would imagine that certification brings confirmation that it uh, meets a certain standard. Therefore, based on previous schemes like PAS one hundred and twenty-five, which turned into British Standard, uh, initially not all insurers joined that scheme, but now they all certified to BS 10125. So, I would say that it's a vote of confidence that insurers actually require to satisfy their business rules.
0: I think from from uh, William from the discussions that I've been having along with Laura. Uh, in the market, there is a significant amount of interest from a number of different insurers on where things are going and certainly they see the certification program as a critical component of it and the certification program is being driven by the VRA so uh, we're purposefully um, uh, you know sat with Chaz and the VRA uh, team and basically said it should be something driven by the association and owned by the association as opposed to um, you know, by an insurer, for example. So, it is independent in that context, and the the um, outsourcing of the auditing will be uh, another function that will be independent. So, I think it's critical. Okay, we need to keep moving. On. I need to give Chaz's update as well. Um, just quickly, will the eBay estimate interface require salesman interaction, or will it be 100% computer interactive? Laura.
1: Not sure what they mean by salesman, but... Um,
0: well, someone there basically saying, I've got this part or I've got that part or I've got that part, I think is what
1: Ah, okay. So with, that's what we're trying to remove, right? So we've had 50 businesses express the certification that they want to be certified, right? These 50 businesses are in our within our top turnover and within, within our top listing count. So within those businesses, we want to algo match perfectly. But what we've also got is a support team Uh, based in Dublin that's going to educate, support, offer guidance, offer tools, technology to get these guys uh, doing the right thing so that the ALGO can do it without human salesman intervention. But initially, um, my view is for the first at least six months, we'll we'll have the team doing an intervention just to make sure that the parts are the right right parts. But again, it's down to the buyer to make the decision that they want to buy those parts as well. We've got got to keep that clear.
3: Sure. Sure. One of the main objectives for somebody sourcing parts is that they supply the correct information to allow people to source the right and relevant parts. It's critical, so a set of guidelines will follow the scheme to explain to purchaser and to seller exactly how you get the right results. Sure.
0: Um, got a question coming through on Facebook. Um, Is there information available, Rich? uh, sorry, Brendan Rafferty from Tet for Parts, is there information available um, to say what manufacturer parts will be in greater shortage as a result of COVID-19? We would use the information to help us buy the correct salvage cars. We'll be high in demand over the next six to nine months. It'll also help benefit growth of the green parts. So... That'd be interesting. I mean, uh, potentially um, insurance companies have a a lot of information there about where the delays are on parts shortages. Uh, Adam, would that be something, somehow we'd be able to um, work closely on moving forward?
3: So, so, So I don't see a collaborative approach to that. I think each book of business is individual, and I believe that how we overcome challenges within parts supply is individual to the individual insurers involved. So I, I don't think they would share information like that. What, what will become apparent if somebody's watching eBay is what parts are being bought. And then you can work out what vehicles are being salvaged, and that will tell you the story yourself.
0: Sure. Okay, um, I might jump into there are still some more questions coming through. I'm going to jump in uh, without ignoring the questions. I, I just I really do want to um, give Chaz's update, um, high level. Uh, so from a, a VRA perspective, Chaz wasn't able to be on this call tonight. So he's asked me and sent me some information. So from a VRA perspective, um, Vehicle Recyclers Association perspective, um, Chaz and the team have been working really hard on developing a, a certification protocol. Um, that's now at a point of completion um they have tendered out to seven different organizations um, independent certification organizations or auditing uh, organizations recognized uh, you know in the UK um, with the appropriate credentials they've had six tenders come back um, and there's a panel uh, which includes myself and, and a few others that are reviewing each of those submissions and will be putting forward um, uh, recommendations or a score for against each of those tenders uh, between now and the end of this week um, with a view of uh, coming up with a, a result where we'll hopefully see a clear winner of that of that tender so what that means is that we'll have a certification uh, document that is, is very very uh, good to be honest with you it's it's the best document I've seen in some time um, the VRA will drive that through an independent. They've set up an independent VRA certification, I think it's called, company, um, that will be uh, running the certification program. Um, the, uh, the, winning, well, the the winning or the organisation that will be running the independent audits will then be um, notified of that. And obviously, they'll be contacting... Uh, recyclers that have put their hand up and wish to be audited. Um, I'm hoping that that will happen as soon as the um, lockdown is is done and dusted with, but obviously that's put a bit of a spanner in the works. Um, But we're getting close. We're getting close to that. And I think, um, as I said, Chaz and the VRA team have done a really, really good job. A couple of challenges that he's identified in that process one is around grading. Um, his, his view is that uh, automotive recyclers will be challenged in the area of, of grading. I'm just going to look up his email very quickly to see the other two items that he had identified Bear with me. I'm sorry. Um, so grading of parts. And, and again, I think Scott asked a question earlier, but we do need a, a grading process. Okay. Um, whether that's the ARA grading process or... Uh, some kind of hybrid of that that we need a grading process and that's part of the document but it will be an area that recyclers will also need some training in it's not just about saying yes it's a good part or it looks good no we need to know what it means if a v if a part's been repaired before to be able to look on the inside of a wing for example and see that there aren't shrink marks there because that's an indication of a previous repair look on the inside of the door and identify whether it's had a another skin put on it or not, um, to be able to identify previous painting. And you know, if the paint's gone on too thick, maybe we need to use the, you know, the micrometer or whatever they use there, whatever the case is, we will need some training around that. But I don't see that as a bad thing. Um, generating sufficient part stock, both in terms of identifying the parts in highest demand or the right parts and sufficient volumes. That's a bit of an unknown. Um, My view is that there's significant volume in the UK market to supply the industry. Um, uh, Again, it's not scientific uh, a view, it's more anecdotal, but certainly from what I've seen in the UK market, I've said this before, I'll say it again, um, UK recyclers are some of the best stock available anywhere in the world and at volume. So it's just a matter of coding that, inventorying that, making it available in an efficient way to the repair industry. Um, The last thing he said that will be a challenge for the industry is there is currently no automated recalls checking process functioning in the UK, which makes checking for recalls very labour intensive to the point of impracticality. It's a challenge because uh, recalls is obviously an area that um, the protocol deals with. And uh, from an insurer perspective, One of the things that insurers are looking for is um, comfort that the part that they're buying is is fit for purpose. Um, I know I haven't gone through Chaz's uh, document, Word for Word, but they're the high-level sort of uh, current status of of where things are at. He has had over 50 um, automotive recyclers in the UK put their hand up And and said they want to go through the audit process which is extraordinary to be honest with you Um, so that's really positive Um, yeah I don't think there's much else I can say about about the certification at this stage we did have a question before from someone at Silver Lake asking what they needed to do so basically whoever is interested in the certification program I would recommend that you make contact with Chaz Ambrose over at uh, the Vehicle Recyclers Association and show your interest. Alternatively, if you want to send an email through to me, I'm happy to communicate that accordingly, but you guys all know Chaz; you can contact him directly. Any comments from the panelists on any of that at this stage?
3: All well, makes sense to me, uh, especially the recall information. I think that's a critical part to this that we want to buy parts that are not going to cause discomfort further than the repair process.
0: Okay, we've uh, gone a little bit over, Um, conscious of that. Um, Any further comments from any of the panellists? Any further questions from any of the attendees?
1: No, I think Chris, just thank you. It's a really good opportunity to uh, give an update. And I think there's a lot of people on, on the chat that I haven't, of that are quite vocal so i think if if they've got any other questions or if they've got any ideas or any any case studies that have happened in other countries i'd be super keen to know
3: yeah excellent i would just mirror that chris if if somebody thinks that they've got a question that that i can answer then feel free to contact me
0: absolutely um one of the things i'd like to do is um ask you adam what does Reclaim what do reclaim parts look like in three years' time for Aviva?
3: so reclaim parts in three years actually is an integrated part of our supply chain, so we basically have options to buy components and reclaim parts one of those uh, components and it would it would probably represent a significant proportion of the repairs that we undertake
0: yeah. Excellent. Well, that's, uh, I think that's music to everyone's ears on this podcast. Whoever's on this podcast uh, and called, please um, share the the whether it's the YouTube link or the, the Facebook link to other recycles. I think what you've heard here today from both eBay UK and Aviva in the UK is, is extraordinary. I think it's something that we should embrace and um, and share the you know get the word out there because I think there's there's change coming. Um, as I said before, there's a great opportunity for the industry in, you know, tough times in, in a very unfortunate situation at the minute that we find ourselves in, um, the recession is going to be long and hard for the general economy. And traditionally our organizations do well, or automotive recyclers do well in this, in this market. Uh, we need to find our feet again. Um, but you know, I think you stay focused on the goal, stay focused on the plan and, um, you know invest in your businesses today for what what's there for them in two and six months time. I think the other thing that I want to make a point of here and is that we as automotive recyclers should look at what we do and understand that we also have a responsibility um, to the community and, and the offering that we have for the for the market marketplace is somewhat um, different. Um, and there's a whole heap of good things about it. It's, you know, cost effective, it's high quality, it's green. There's all these different wonderful things uh, about the products that we sell. So there is a responsibility that we, if we look at that as such, if we don't just look at ourselves as, you know, salvage yards or junk yards or wrecking yards or recycling yards, we look at ourselves as organisations that are actually adding value to, to the social network, if you like, beyond just our businesses. Um, I think we'll think differently as well about how we tackle things and how we tackle certification, what we do about that, because then all of a sudden certification becomes um, probably something that we embrace a little bit more as well. So I just wanted to get that message out there because there's some really strong positive signs, as we've seen tonight on this call. We should take those. We should share those with our fellow recyclers um, and, and keep everyone positive. Chad, can I throw over to you for a bit of a closing comment before we end this?
2: Well, I just wanted to touch on Adam's uh, comment about recalls and and we at All Auto Recalls are currently looking at how we can help the UK recyclers with a recall product. And so, uh, uh, you know, we have a product here in Australia that is fully integrated with the Pinnacle system here and uh, it it really wouldn't be much to to roll it out into the UK. So so we're gonna be working on that in the coming weeks to try to have a solution there in the UK uh, in the next month or two.
3: Um,
0: Okay. Um, Everyone, thanks very much. Uh, Please stay tuned for our next podcast. We'll be back on next Tuesday. Um, We really appreciate everyone being on this call, especially those in Australia and New Zealand. Not many of them. Uh, We'll be broadcasting live tomorrow at 11. Um, Everyone from the UK and the US. Thanks very much appreciate all the questions. Hopefully you're getting value out of these uh, sessions. I think uh, the feedback has been great to date, so thanks very much for that. Laura and Adam, I really appreciate your time today. Um, It's been great having you guys on and, and giving everyone an update on where things are at in the UK. So thank you very much.
1: Thanks, guys.